Brother Wells, good to have you. God bless you. Well, good morning. Brother Kendrick told me that uh, he needed some time to make sure that the microphone was working, so. Maybe we need to change the battery, I don't know. We all right? Okay, I think we're all right, good. My jokes just go downhill from there, so we'll stop, amen? And maybe I'll have one more, amen? Good morning, Brother Ashley, happy to see you this morning. All right, uh, let's just go ahead, let's open our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter number two. Genesis chapter number two, I will say this to the hearing people, am I too loud? Am I too loud? I don't know. To the hearing people, if I seem kind of rude to you, it's not because I'm being rude, it's because they need to see me. They need to see me and you need to hear me. Understand? So, I hope I don't hurt your feelings over there. All right? This morning I want to share, I want to share something very interesting. And I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it the gospel according to Adam. Now as we go through this, as we go through this message this morning, we're going to find that there are three Adams that we're going to talk about. One of them you're looking at. One of them had a garden that he lived in. And the other one, I hope you already know who that is, the third Adam, amen, the last Adam, as it were. So we have the first Adam, we have the last Adam, and we have something in the middle, amen? Everybody clear on that? And I will say, by the way, in sign language, the number is three. The number is three. It is not six, it is three. Everybody say three. Everybody say three. This is not three. Now, I know as independent Baptist preachers, we like to have a three-point a three message, right? No, no, no. A three-point message. Why is that so important? Well, I have a very good friend. His name is Fred Adams. And Fred Adams loves to golf. And he'll go out golfing with his friends, but he'll never keep score himself. And so they'll get done with the hole. They'll put it on in, and they'll say, Brother Fred... What's your score? And he'll go. And so the man will write down three. Amen? That's a very important thing. Amen? So we're going to have three Adams this morning. I told you it just gets worse from there. Amen? We'll stop with the jokes. Amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read verses 15, 16, 17. And I'm going to tell you why this is so cool. Okay, the Bible says, this is Genesis chapter 2, verses 15, 16, 17. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the word of God, Lord, that you'd give us something from you, some communication, some honest, correct communication from yourself so that we can know you and we can learn about you 
And we know, Lord, there's so much more to learn in glory. And I'm so excited that someday I will see you face to face. But Lord, I pray now you'll bless the message as it goes out, that you'll just give grace, Lord, to my hands and to my voice. Bless this meeting. Challenge the hearts of these dear people. I'm excited that these dear people love the deaf for so long. And I'm excited that these people love you as well. And Lord, I pray that together we can have a wonderful week of revival and excitement and joy in the Lord all week long. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Here's what's funny about this message. These three verses are the first words that God ever said to a person. They say, well, in Genesis chapter 1, he says, well, hang on. In Genesis chapter 2, he's talking directly to Adam before he made Eve. In Genesis chapter 1, he's talking to both of them. You can check that for yourself. But what we have here is the first message from God. And the cool thing about it is, this, this three verses, these three verses are a, an outline or a, a template of the gospel that is to come. It's almost like a foreshadowing of the truth of salvation. And I'm going to show you a few things that explain just that. Because there are three principles here that apply to everyone that has ever lived on the earth. And we'll find them here, right in these three verses. And as I was, as I was reading, by the way, through Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, I actually counted the words that Adam heard with his ears. I counted the words that God said to Adam and Eve together. And I came up, now I might have counted wrong, maybe, but I came up with about 384 words. 384 words. That was all the recorded, that was all the recorded words that Adam had heard from God in our Bible. And what a blessed benefit it is that we have, what, 783,000, 783,137 words. Over three-quarters of a million words from God in our hands today. That's a blessing, isn't it? But we have the same God, the same need of salvation, and the same problem of sin that Adam had. Amen? So number one, I want you to say something. God put a tree... There was a place of decision. There was a place of decision. There was one tree, there was one tree there, and a decision to make at that tree, at that place. God provided the tree. Adam didn't make the tree. He didn't plant the tree. It was already there. In the Bible, trees represent people. Remember the blind man? Jesus was healing the blind man. He says, can you see yet? He says, well, I see men, but they look like trees walking. And then he finished the job. In Daniel chapter 4, where's Daniel back there? Daniel chapter 4. The Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had a dream. 
about a great big tree. And Daniel told him, you're that tree, and you're getting chopped down. Amen? Five times, five times in the New Testament, Jesus is said to have died on a tree. Five times, the number of death, or the number of grace, depending on which commentary you're reading. <laughs> Somebody help me. Am I alone up here? But let me say this about grace and death. If you want grace, it requires death. Even grace requires death. That's what the tree is all about. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. This tree. Jesus died on the tree. And he even, he even told everybody that he himself was a tree. In Luke chapter 23, right before he gets crucified. And all the disciples are upset. And they're watching what's happening. And all this is happening to Jesus Christ. He's getting ready to go up on that hill. And they're going to plant that tree right there. And he says to his disciples, hey, if they do this to the green tree, what are they going to do to the dry? He referred to himself as a tree. The place of decision is the tree. This is the sign for tree, if you haven't got that already. But there's another tree. It looks like this. And that's the place of decision. That's the place of decision right there. That tree. Amen? Number two. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. There's a decision to make. See, there's a place of decision, and there's a power of decision. God has given us a free moral agency. That's something special, something special about our God, that He would give us the opportunity. And right there in verse 16, He says that. 17, I'm sorry. He says, don't eat of that tree, but if you do, don't eat from that tree, but if you do, there's a decision there. There's a power to decide. Adam had the right to say no. Even after Eve had sinned, even after Eve had done wrong, she took a bite of that, whatever it was. Adam could have said, woman, go make me a sandwich. But you know what? Knowing full well what was going to happen, Adam decided, he made a decision to do wrong. Amen? And that decision still reverberates today. Amen? We are sinners, as they say, by birth, by nature, and by choice. You cannot blame Adam for your sin. You decided yourself. Amen? Your decision. And all through the Bible, I, I'm not going to beat up Calvinism right now, or maybe I will. 
all through the Bible. Decisions, 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 decisions. Free moral agency. Your right to be wrong. Amen? You have a right to be wrong. What a God. Amen? He could have controlled everything. He could have. He could have made us little puppets, you know, like you see at the, his little puppets, you know, or like this. He could have done, but he didn't do it that way. He made us like him. The ability to make decisions. And we have a place to make that decision. Amen? Boy, I'm happy for that place. Where was I before that place? Without that place, where would I be now? I wouldn't be here. I would have no good news for you this morning. I remember where I came from. I remember where I came from. And I'm happy I'm not there. Amen? You know why? Because I made a decision. Amen? I'm going to draw a line and I move forward from there. That was a decision that I made. God help me. Amen? Maybe this week you all make some decisions. Amen? There's a place right here. You can make some decisions. You know that cross, that tree, you make that decision. A lot of young people here. Right? Amen. You know what my favorite example of the decision is? You know what my favorite example is? In the Passover. In the Passover, when Moses, Moses gets the instructions about the Passover, and God gives it to him, and he's explaining it to everybody, and he says, okay, look, everybody, here's the door. You got to get the lamb. You got to get the blood. You got to put the blood on the lintel. You got to put the blood on the doorpost. You got to put the blood on the other doorpost. And I don't know exactly why they decided to do it that way. Hey, man. Yep. I'm sure it just happened that way. Hey, man. That's a picture of a tree right there. Hey, and he said, hey, it's not enough. It's not enough to have the blood. It's not enough to have on the blood. You've got to get in the house. You gotta stay in the house. You get in the house, you stay in the house, and let the blood protect you from the death angel. That's what you do. Well, I'm happy I'm in that house. Amen. Amen. How about Rahab? Remember Rahab? People don't like to talk about Rahab. Do you know something about Rahab? This is how we sign Rahab. This is a sign for shame. Rahab. Rahab. If Rahab hadn't made the right decision, we'd all be going to hell. Because you can't have Jesus without Rahab. Somebody help me. They said, well, God, if, if, if. No, no, there's no if. We know who Jesus is. We have a record of Jesus' genealogy. You got to have Rahab to have Jesus. What a miracle that is, hey, that God could get a hold of a wicked woman. She made a decision and her life changed. And all of a sudden, she, she's going through in this line that leads to Jesus Christ himself. That's pretty cool. And by the way, that Rahab, she had that boy named Boaz. Boaz saw what happened to his mama. 
I said, Boaz, he saw what happened to his mama. He probably knew her background. He probably knew her history. But he could see the future past the history because of the decision that was made, the direction she was going. And he married Ruth, who the law forbade him to marry. Ruth, a Gentile woman. I could go on and on about decisions. But I'm going to stop right there. Amen? Brother Brian, where are you? Right there. He told me, he said, you better, you better leave me something to preach. I said, don't worry, you will never run out. I'm just excited right now. Amen? By the way, there's a time limit on the decision. There's a time limit, right? In the Passover... You had the blood, and you had until that angel came to get in the house, right? When Rahab laid that red cord, that red cord, that scarlet, scarlet thread, she said, family, come, you got to be in the house. It's not enough to have the cord. You got to get in the house, please. And whoever was left in the house was saved. Period. Boy, I'm glad I'm in that house. Amen. Amen. Number three. The permanence of the decision. The permanence of the decision. The theology of the book of Romans is awesome. I taught twice through Romans. The first time I, I taught it was about five years ago. I had four students. <laughs> Amen. Four people that wanted to learn about Romans. Better than zero. Amen. <laughs> See, by the way, when you're in the deaf ministry, you don't even get impressed by numbers. <laughs> Amen. You just use what you have. Amen. I am happy to look at all these deaf friends here. They say, well, there's a lot more of them. By percentages, I don't think so. Detroit's pretty big, amen? Uh Uh-oh. I'll stop right there. Amen. But I'm happy some deaf friends are here today. But in Romans chapter 5, it goes all the way through the doctrine. I'm not going to explain all that this morning. I don't have time. But Adam's sin had an ongoing consequence. And that was that sin passed upon all Man, for that all have sinned by birth, by nature, and by choice. That's three, by the way. Not three, three. Amen? But there's still a tree today. And there's only one tree. That's a very interesting thing. In the Old Testament, there's, a, there's an expression the, the Jews were worshiping the wrong way. They'd find these idols, they would copy. They would copy from all the people around them and they would borrow. And the Bible says that they would put these idols under every green tree. There are some preachers today that'll preach against the Christmas tree. Some of them do. But you know what you notice about that? Every, under every green tree, it's always negative. 
It's always negative. It's always connected with false worship. It's always connected with judgment. It's always connected with judgment. Because the time is limited for the decision, isn't it? In Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 6, verse 13. Go ahead and open to that. This is how God feels about all these idols and all these false gods under every green tree. This is how God feels when we do anything else than His plan. He put the green tree there. You don't just go looking for every green tree you can find. You've got to find the right one. And you've got to stay there. I like this expression. It says, Then shall ye know that I am the Lord, when their slain men shall be among their idols round about their altars, upon every high hill, upon all the tops of the mountains, and under every green tree, and under every thick oak, the place where they did offer sweet savor to all their idols. He said, man, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. How about this one? Let's go to, let's go to 1 Thessalonians. 2nd. 2nd Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm going to give you a, a match of that. You know, some people think that everything that happens in the Old Testament, there's a picture in the New Testament also. I don't know if this is it, but I like it. 2nd Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 7, Paul, writing to these persecuted Christians in Thessalonica. 7 through 9, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Hey, there's more angels coming. And there's a time limit. Amen? In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, that obey not what? The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. It's okay to do that. <laughs> Look, Jesus is coming back. Time is running out. But, hey, the three principles are still there. The principle of God's provision. God has provided a tree. The principle of the free moral agency. You have the right to decide to receive Christ or to reject Him. If you choose not to decide... You've already decided. Because every day you reject him until tomorrow, you rejected him today. 
temporary rejection is a rejection. Then finally, the decisions are final. The time runs out, and there is an eternal consequence of that decision. Well, last week, two weeks ago, we were in Pennsylvania. This little church, this little tiny church, this little tiny town. My phone didn't even work. That's where we were. You've been there, right? Where's Brother Kendrick? <laughs> You've been there, Brother, Brother McBride? You've been there before, amen? It just doesn't work, amen? That's where we were. And God saw fit that my niece could come to the day camp that we were working at. She grew up Catholic to the bone. The whole family was that way. Is there anybody here that used to be Catholic and now they're saved? Amen. My wife would stand with you right there. And you know what she said? She said, she said Uncle Adam, she said, Uncle Adam, What's the difference between Catholic and, and, and Baptist? That's like throwing a piece of, uh, that's like throwing a piece of jerky to a mad dog, you know? <laughs> and, but you know what I did? I took a breath. And I focused on two things. Now, I've studied that topic probably 300, 400, 500 hours personally to make decisions. Because the Bible says we need to rightly divide the word of truth. The Bible says we need to be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within us. And, but I backed off and I said there are two things I wanted to share. One was the primacy of this book. The primacy of the word of God. And the other was the sufficiency of the tree. The sufficiency of the tree. Jesus is enough. One day, two days, praying over and over, ongoing prayer. And on Thursday night, on Thursday night, this young 16-year-old Catholic girl got saved. You know why? Because I didn't beat her to death with the doctrine that I knew. I focused on the two things. The primacy of the Word of God and the sufficiency of the tree. And I didn't get her to the Baptist church. And I didn't get her to the water. Amen. I didn't give her a cracker. Somebody say amen. I got her to the tree. And she made a decision. Why? Because she has the right to make a decision for Christ. And she did it. And they can't have her soul anymore. Amen? Amen. Praise God. This is the gospel according to Adam. And as you go through the scripture, yes, you can add and expand so much more. But it's very simply presented right there. There's a tree. You have a choice, and your decision has eternal consequences. Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for the opportunity to be here. Who am I? 
But I have your word and the promise that it won't come back void. Lord, I pray you'll bless the word as it goes out this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor.